Coming up, I'll reveal the biggest lie people believe about success in their future and then the surprising age group with the greatest opportunities in the world of work right now. This is really exciting. I'll break it down. Let's go. Helping you make the money you want and make the contribution that you desire to make. Winning at work. And in life, this is the Ken Coleman Show. Okay, so what's the biggest lie that people believe about their future? Uh, Believe about that desired future, that destination that they want. And we're talking about professionally and, and financially because they're tied together. That desired future. What's the biggest lie? Here it is. You ready? I can't start where I am. I can't start where I am. I'm in fill in the blank. I have blank going on. I can't start right here. I can't start right now. And I want to focus more on the right here because I think this trips up a lot of people. It becomes the most viable excuse that the, the, that the brain concocts based on fear and doubt. So the emotions are fear and doubt, and then the brain processes those emotions and logically comes up with a reason as to why we should not take on the fear and why we should not take on the doubt. That's as real as it gets, folks. That's how it works. I have a desired future that requires that I take action. I have fear about those actions. I have fear about the journey. I have doubt about getting to the destination. I have all this fear and doubt. So then the brain goes, oh, I need to come up with some logical reasons to support my fear, which is I'm worried about a negative outcome. I need to come up with some logical reasons to support my doubt, which is I don't believe that a positive outcome is possible. So what happens is, the number one lie pops up, and it and it sounds like this. I can't start on this journey right here. They're, they're talking about their current circumstances, their geography, their zip code. Now, it's a lie because that's what lies do. They spin a false reality into a truth. So the reality is you can start where you are, more on that in just a moment, but what's really happening is is you, you realize that you will probably not be able to complete the journey or finish the journey or execute or do the whole enchilada, to use a little bit more common language, where you are. And that very well may be true, but you can start where you are. You can. In my book, The Proximity Principle, I named this the law of the zip code. And this is a law, and I call it the law of the zip code because it is firm, it is true, and it is foundational. And here's what the law of the zip code says. Everything you need to get started is already around you. I mean, you live in Podunk, USA. Ken, I come from a town of 300 people. Everything you need to get started is already around you. Everything. 
that you need to get started is already around you. Let me let me take you to my story. I'm 33 years of age. I have no degree at all. I have certainly don't have a degree in broadcasting. I don't have any professional broadcasting experience, and I'm wrestling through for about a year of self-discovery and awareness and and walking through my life map, what I had done, where I felt I wanted to go, and I come to the real conclusion that I want to pursue broadcasting. But again, I'm 33, no experience, no education. And at the surface, if I were just to look at a piece of paper of everybody I knew in broadcasting, I didn't have a lot of connections at the time. Now, that's my story. And I'm also in the Atlanta suburbs, not New York, not Los Angeles. And folks, I'm teaching this from my own experience. I'm sitting there with three little kids under the age of three in in the comfort of suburbia. And on one hand, I have absolute clarity and conviction that I'm supposed to go into broadcasting. On the other hand, I'm going... All the players in broadcasting are in L.A. or New York. I don't want to move my family to New York. We went so far as Stacy and I took a trip to New York. And we, 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 we made contacts with a real estate agent, and they toured us around apartments. And it lasted about 45 minutes before I went. There ain't no way, and you know what, that I'm coming to New York. Alex, we're talking about five to six grand a month for a postage stamp of an apartment. I'm not going to move my three babies to New York. I got to find another way. In the book, The Proximity Principle, there are five places. The place where you are is the first place. In order to really get on the journey to doing what you were created to do, starting that business, launching that side hustle, uh, whatever it is, moving to the top, becoming viable. I was under the impression I had to move to New York and L.A. When I realized that it was not possible for my family, it forced my innovative thinking. And I began to realize what would be years later what I would write as the law of the zip code. Guess what? There was a broadcasting class in Atlanta. Guess what? There were leadership events and local events that I could volunteer for to MC to host, and I began to do it. I took the broadcasting class. Through that, I made connections in television and radio in the Atlanta area, a top 10 media market. And I got on radio. I got on television. Yes, they were part-time. They were not paid, but I did it. And it led to the opportunities that I have today because I realized that everything I needed to launch, to start a path towards being a professional broadcaster, a national broadcaster, that all of that was right around me. For some of you, getting started is about the laptop in your lap. For some of you, getting started is about the course you can take online, in your pajamas, in your house. For some of you, it's lunches and coffees, uh, uh, volunteering locally. Everything you need to get started is around you. I think of lobsters, uh, the cousin's main lobster, the food truck that has now turned into a national sensation, was on Shark Tank. I interviewed those two cousins years ago. And, and, and this is beyond my story. Here are two dudes, cousins, grew up in Maine. And it's a lobster culture. They love the lobster. They're in L.A. finding themselves. 
they don't have a job. They're partying. And they told me that they realized that there was no fresh lobster. What if they started a lobster truck? They wanted to come up with a restaurant idea, but they said, we can't, we don't want to move to Maine. What if we just start a lobster truck in L.A.? And their first truck was serving lobster in a park in Los Angeles, and it took off because other people wanted lobster in Los Angeles. Everything they needed to get started was all around them. You know what it was for them? They had knowledge of the lobster industry. They had an idea, and they said, let's go see if we can sell lobster in L.A., and the rest is history. Everything you need to get started is around you. Start today. Life is moving fast. Coming up, the generation with the greatest work opportunities? The world of work is just up and down. It's a roller coaster. We see new headlines every day. And uh, new data out that I can't wait to share with you. If you look at our current demographics in the workforce, you've got uh, the boomers. Those are my parents. You got the Xers. That's me. You got the millennials. And you got Gen Z. And uh, the uh, interesting data that I'm going to share with you uh, I think it's going to change the landscape at work, and I couldn't be more excited about it. I'll tell you what it is in just a second. But first, the show is growing. Can I just say deep, deep gratitude for those of you who listen and watch. If you're watching via YouTube, you can help us grow by subscribing. Uh, I want that $100,000 subscriber plaque. Can we get that? And uh, we're heading that direction. Of course, that's nothing compared to the YouTubers my kids watch. I feel like such a loser, you know? My daughter's watching this YouTube channel the other day, kids walking through a grocery store shopping. And I went, oh, that's interesting. How many followers, how many subscribers they got? Five million. I go, I'm in the wrong business. I need a camera and something random to do. But such as it is, we want to reach people on YouTube. It's the number one search engine in the world. People are searching for meaning and purpose and financial freedom so they can pursue the life they long for. They're looking for it, and we got to get out in front of them. The way we do it is if you subscribe and like. And those of you that are listening via podcast, thank you. Uh, If you will follow us and give us a five-star review, that helps us grow as well. All right. Of the people, by the people, for the people. I am a man of the people. Uh, Wall Street Journal article. Boy, I tell you what, Alex. I'm getting closer and closer to having to pop the readers on. I, 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 boy, that's a sad day for the show when I got to pop the old readers on, but this, this font's getting smaller and smaller. So I'm going to start doing this right here. I'm holding it out, you know, signs that Ken is middle-aged. The paper is farther and farther from his eyes. I'm going to share a story from a Wall Street Journal article. Kip is hiring for a part-time position at one of the two package shipping stations he owns in Pennsylvania. In the past, he's filled roles, those roles with high school and college students during his two decades of business. But this time, his top candidate is a man in his 70s. Yeah, I love this. The story continues. Kip has grown weary of younger employees who he says arrives late for shifts 
They call out of work often and spend more time scrolling social media feeds than chatting with customers. So a year ago, he tried something different, recruiting people who are more likely to carry AARP cards than the latest iPhone. For you youngsters out there, AARP card, that is the uh, America, was Association of, uh, American Association of Retired People, I think is what it is. Uh, this is what he said about these older workers. The learning curve is a bit longer, but once they get it, it's refreshing. I say, this is what we're doing today, and it gets done. Imagine that. Their shift starts at 9. They're here at 8.50. It's their work ethic. Is he right? Is it work ethic? Let's see what a Wall Street Journal poll revealed just weeks ago. We've shared bits of it on the program. Three quarters, that's 75% of people who are 65 and older, told the Wall Street Journal that hard work is very important to them personally. Let's take a snapshot of Gen Z millennials. 18 to 29-year-olds asked the same question. 61% said hard work is very important. Folks, 61% when I went to school was an F. Hard work. Is it important to you personally? 75% of people over the age of 65, and you got to admit that there's a big bunch of those people who are retired and they're going, no, hard work's not important to me. I'm playing shuffleboard today. I'm at the golf course. I've put my time in. But you still got 75% saying hard work's important to me personally. Sixty-one percent of our future, eighteen and twenty-nine year olds, these are the ones in the workforce now, say that hard work is important to them. Folks, this is another sign of the weakening of this nation. We are softening and we are going to lose. I, I I'm just gonna tell you. When you have we're getting closer and closer to half of that generation saying, yeah, hard work's not important to me. Just the very view of hard work, that hard work is bad. Hard work is good. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your emotional health. It's good for your physical health. Not my opinion. Science, data, doctors will tell you. We were created to work. Work to burnout. No. Work to exhilaration and exhaustion? Yes. Yes. Can I tell you that when I get home tonight, you ought to see my schedule. And by the way, I don't do what's called really hard work. All right. I'm in this studio. It's nice in here. I might as well be a zoo animal. Okay. But when I get home tonight, I, I, I promise you, I will be mentally exhausted. I am on all day, going, going, going. I'm giving everything I got. And when I hit the pillow at night, I promise you, I don't struggle to go to sleep. That's how it ought to be. Why? Number one, I worked hard. So I've given 
everything that I can give. Number two, I'm doing work that feels good to me because I'm good at it and I enjoy it and I care about the results of it. This is a part of my assessment that we measure. The Get Clear assessment measures that. What am I good at? What do I love to do? And then what results motivate me? So I'm very fulfilled. And I, as because I'm fulfilled, I've given everything I've got. And so I'm exhausted. Exhaustion's good. It's good for the soul. It's good for the mind. It's good for the body. And so I'm resting. And I'm waking up the next day ready to go again. Well, young people don't understand that because we parents have protected them from hardship. We've protected them from failure. We haven't taught them how to do hard things. And so they hear the phrase hard work and they go, oh, no, (laughs) no, I don't want the hard work, man. Well, older people have done hard work. They now value hard work. And now there are opportunities for them to do more hard work are available. Here's why. People 55 and older are the fastest-growing segment of the workforce. Why is that? Two reasons. Number one, because people are living longer, so they need more money. And number two, we are in a highly inflationary period where everything costs a little bit more, so their retirement dollars aren't stretching as far. Stock market has been down. There's a pinch. So what do what do older people do who deal with hard things? They go, all right, I got to deal with it. Got to go get hard work. Here are two things, leaders, that I think you need to be thinking about with older workers. They bring two things to the table, experience and effort. That's why they're the fastest growing part of the workforce. Why would you hire a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid who's been coddled his whole life, who still has his emotional butt pampered and powdered by his mama every day when he has a rough day. Give me the 75-year-old guy who fought in Vietnam. He's going to bring effort and experience to the table and get stuff done. Now, if you're older and you're listening to me and you're going, Ken, I need to work, I want to work, but I'm scared to death, I've got a lot of doubt that I can break in, you need to consider coming to my events called Breakthrough where I'm going to help you with the confidence and the courage you need to step out and take hold of the life you want. Details at kencoleman.com slash events. We got four of them coming up. Get your ticket. Get there. I'll help you with breakthrough. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. We're coaching some people up. I'm here to help you make more money and make more of the contribution that you want to make to this world through your work or because of your work. That's what I'm about. Shannon joins us in Corpus Christi, Texas. Shannon, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. How are you? I am living the dream. What are you doing, Shannon? Oh, same as the other. I'm currently working. All right. I like to hear that. What's going on? (laughs) So first, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me um, and have me on the show. I was actually hoping to attend your event in Dallas um, that's in May, yeah. but I'm not sure I'll be able to make the trek across um, Texas because it's an eight-hour trip. Oh, so. that's a bummer. So, that's all right. Yeah. 
Well, I might make it though. We'll come see. on. I'll tell you what, would you would you do it if I gave you a free ticket? Uh, yes, absolutely. I would try to make it work. <laughs> all right. I, th- all right, so after we talk, I'll put you on hold, and the free ticket is yours. If you can oh, get there, awesome. uh, bring a friend. I'll, I'll tell I might you, bring my husband. <laughs> bring your husband. I'll give you two free tickets. How about that? Awesome. That would be awesome. I'll give Thank you a you couple's so pass, um, and uh, it's yours. So you guys plan it. Let's, let's have some fun. It's going to be a great night. She's talking about the uh, breakthrough event where we're essentially going to be doing the Ken Coleman Show live. Uh, and so if you're not where you want to be, uh, check it out, kencoleman.com slash events. That Dallas event is going to be uh, May 23rd, if memory serves. There it is. Uh, so we got four events. So uh, check it out. would love to see you, any of you there. Make the trek. It's going to be a group of people that are fired up. So what's going on, Shannon? So I'm reaching out to you because I've been feeling extremely stuck for the past few years um, and I'm trying to figure out my next move. Um, The past seven years I've been working in the MEP engineering industry as a mechanical engineer designing building systems. Wow. I feel I'm a top performer at my current employer, but the complex jobs I've worked on, I feel like there's no one to fill my role so that I can move up the corporate ladder essentially. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm feeling stuck because my motivator is achievement and I haven't been able to feel like I'm achieving much over the past few years. I've taken your get clear assessment. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. So you took the get clear assessment and your result under mission, which for people that are new to the show, don't know what I'm talking about. It's what motivates Shannon. There are six motivational drivers that we know from psychology and your top result in the assessment was achievement. You're a scoreboard person. There's nothing wrong with that. And so you've self-selected not to move up, if I'm hearing you right, because you're afraid that the company doesn't have someone to replace you. Is that what I heard? Yes, but I have also haven't been given the opportunity uh-huh. um, okay. to move up. So oh, okay. I've, been, I've voiced my opinion, like I've voiced it, but it's kind of, you know, they tell you. Oh, well, it's coming, but then it kind of hasn't came. So I may be getting impatient, but I also don't feel like... How long have you been voicing this? Uh, Probably about the past two years. Yeah, so that is long enough for a human being to feel frustrated. You've raised your hand, you've taken it to leadership, which is what you're supposed to do. And by the fact that you're still there after two years of raising your hand, you didn't do it in a entitled... A toddler tone and 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 they're telling you it's coming but there's no activity to support the assertion true or false okay so it's okay for you to be impatient you should be in fact if you weren't calling me shannon right now impatient i'd be wondering what's wrong with your heart yeah, so I took the assessment last year, but then I found out I was expecting my first child, so I oh, put it on hold. Oh, <laughs> good for you. So That's fun. I'm, yes, I'm now back, um, and I am have a four- or five-month-old as of today, actually. Oh, that's um, And then I... So I took the Get Clear assessment. My talents align with multiple professional possibilities, which include the role I'm in currently. Right. Um, and over the past year, I've dabbled in a few different industries like wedding planning. Um, and then my passion, I would say is residential design. Um, so a little bit of background. I did do a year of architecture school, but I switched 
into architectural engineering. So I'm trying to figure out what my next move is, how do I choose it, and then how do I narrow down my professional possibilities if I have like multiple on the list that I may be good at and enjoy. Yeah, it's not about the good at. The good at is just an extra level of verification. At this point, you already know what you're good at. Now it's about uh, residential, what you just mentioned, like that architect. That's what you want to do. And if I were to ask you to lay out 10 reasons why, you could probably do it. I'm not going to put you on the spot on the air, but you know why you want to do that type of work. Yes or no? Yes. All right, then. So don't accept anything less than that type of job or an engineering job that gives you the same type of work that you really look forward to. Work that when you take it on, everything stands still. Work that when you complete produces a result that you're proud of, that matters to you. This all sounds very selfish, and it is. But see, selfish gets a bad rap. Selfish seems like the toddler who steals all the other toddler's toys. Selfish is the 9- and 10-year-old who won't share their candy. But see, the other side of selfish is, I know who I am. I know why I am the way I am. I know what I want to do with my life. I know why. I know where. And I'm going to go do that. See, that's good selfish. Because that's you being true to self. So I don't think you need ideas. Um, I think the wedding planning, all that stuff. Go ahead. You're finding what? Having a hard time finding what? I guess finding an opportunity, like I just want someone to give me opportunities so bad so I can show them. But since I don't have an architecture degree, it's like architectural engineering. Um, Do you have to have that? Back a little bit. Well, so I've, I've talked to a friend of mine I went to school with who has an architecture degree and he said he would not go back. He said I could do it. Like I just need to find the right, I guess, opportunity. Yes. Good advice. If I'm understanding what he said, he said you didn't need the architectural degree to do the engineering work you want to do. Yeah. So here's the wrestling match. And what's funny is you gave us both sides of it a second ago. You said, (laughs) I'm having trouble finding an opportunity. And then you said, I just want someone to give me an opportunity. But guess what? No one is going to give you an opportunity until you find it and fight for it. Now, when I find opportunities and I fight for them, then I am given opportunities. But we forget as humans that we must find them and then fight for them. So in your case, you got to find through relationships and the connections from the relationships. An architectural engineering firm or whatever, 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 or whoever is employing architectural engineers, and you show them, I've got the engineer chops. I've got all the skills to do it. I don't have the degree. But I can get there. And you got to prove it to them. Now, what I don't know, because I'm not an expert in this, is what kind of experience would you need? But it feels like your friend told you what you needed to hear and what you needed to do. Am I right? We lost her. Uh, We lost the connection. Goodness gracious. Christian, please get her back on the phone. 
We're going to run out of time, but I want to get her and her husband those tickets to our breakthrough event coming up in Dallas, Texas, uh, the 23rd. But, folks, tie a bow on this, okay? She went and talked to a friend who said, you know what? I wouldn't go back and get the architecture degree. I would have worked my way into it. Folks, I don't have a broadcasting degree. I worked my way into this. It's doable. So what we got to figure out is there are four qualifying questions to make a move like this. What do I need to know? There's an educational component to that, but it doesn't necessarily need to be traditional education. Second question is, what do I need to do? That's about experience. The third question is, what is that going to cost me, and how long will this take? Those four questions. What do I need to know? Do. How much will it cost? How long will it take? I can see a bridge. See, when I can see a path, see, that's clarity. Now I have the confidence to step out and the courage to stay. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.